Hi, everyone. This is Rochelle Denae Poth with the first of a series of podcasts. We'll see how it goes. Um, but this topic is one that's been really relevant lately, uh, especially in talking with members of my PLN and just my own personal experiences with how I'm feeling there's always so much to do. It feels like just time just passes by so quickly in the pile of the things that we need to be accountable for. Um, all of the work, all the things that we have to do and that we want to be a part of just keep adding up. So what do we do? Uh, I have some 10, well, 10 ways actually to make time for self-improvement. Over the summer, I enjoy having that extra time, even though I go to conferences and I engage in some learning opportunities and really don't necessarily take the summer off. It is nice to be at home or to have that time, especially to spend with family and friends to sleep in a little more, to catch up on all the things that didn't really make it into my daily schedule throughout the year. So once summer does hit, it's easy to get into a new daily routine and we can find ways to put those things into our schedule. It might take a few weeks to kind of adjust, but I noticed for myself that once the end of June arrives, I'm pretty set on my summer routine and I enjoy having that extra time with family and friends but I also enjoy having that time to engage in professional learning and to just really think about my goals for the upcoming year and to reflect on my goals that I had for the last year. But we can also become a little bit stressed when we head back into the new school year and it can lead to burnout. Um, we can become frustrated. We struggle with finding balance and making time to keep up with our personal and professional growth once the year starts back up. So how can we still do all the things and stay balanced and find enough time for ourselves? Well, here are 10 ways to add in more time for you and to be more productive each day. Number one, connect. There are so many people around us. We have so many interactions every single day, but make time for family first. Share a meal together, go for ice cream, take a walk. There's lots of different things that you can do and do the same thing in your classrooms and your schools. Greet the students, spend time in the hallways, the teacher's lounge, just have that time to connect with people every single day. It helps keep us grounded and we have that constant support system. Number two, have a routine. Sometimes it's just consistency for a certain part of the day. Maybe you set aside a specific time to read or listen to music or go for a walk. Personally, I find that having something for each part of the day keeps me going and moving forward. Number three, choose one. We can't possibly do everything, so just pick one thing. Go outside and walk. Meet up with family and friends. One thing and then just add to it whenever you're ready. Number four, disconnect. This one is tough. We're so connected with so many devices. Uh, and technology is amazing for that, but it's also beneficial that we make time to disconnect. So I do struggle with this and it's something I'm trying to work on even more, but take a few moments to, your, to yourself and just break away from all of the things that are kind of clouding up your day, the technology, put it away for a little bit, it's okay. Number five, exercise and movement. Think about how long the students spend sitting in our classrooms uh, if we're not having them up and moving around. Finding time for exercise for ourselves, especially after a school day, might not happen. Uh, but there are so many benefits, obviously, for exercise that even if you set aside 10 minutes a day, that's a great way to boost energy and mental wellness. And why not do that in your classrooms with your students, right? Have them stand up and move around or, or make yourself move around the classroom more. I know I spend a lot of time interacting in my classroom, and uh, it definitely helps me with getting some movement and getting the students moving as well. Number six, time to rest. Just like exercise, you have to get enough rest, another area I'm working on. 
but we can't bring our best selves if we're not rested. And if we don't get the, the rest that we need, it has a negative impact on our mental and our physical health. So try to find enough time for sleep, even a quick nap, and that is a plus. Seven, reflection. We have to model lifelong learning and our self-awareness and metacognition for our students. Okay, picking up with number seven with the reflection. So we want to model these things for our students as well. The art of reflection helps us to grow. So there's easy ways to do this. Have a conversation with a colleague. Reach out on Voxer if you use that. Uh, write a blog or a journal entry or just do a, an auto recording and listen back to it at some other point in time just to think and ask yourself, and this is from Daniel Pink, am I a little bit better today than I was yesterday? Number eight, learning. Education changes every single day. We have new topics and trends and tools and it's tough to keep up with every single thing. There's ways we can learn today that don't take up too much time, which it's amazing how many opportunities are out there for professional development, whether it's in-person training or virtual learning experiences. But the best part is we have time to connect with other people. And finding the time with our schedules can be a challenge. So maybe you start listening to a podcast or you go into a Twitter chat once a week or twice a week. Uh, watch a webinar, read a few blogs, join a group on Voxer, any of those things. There's so many ways that we can learn on the go. Number nine, celebrate. Make time every day to celebrate something. Whether it's a positive event, maybe you had an epic fail and you're like, yeah, okay, where do I go from here? Or random celebrations. Focusing on positives will impact your well-being in the long run. No matter how big or small, it's those steps towards success and achieving goals and making mistakes in the process that we should embrace and celebrate. Modeling the celebration of the learning process, especially when it comes from failures, sends a positive message and it's a good model for our students and for our colleagues and it definitely helps us to grow as educators. And finally, number 10, another difficult one, the power of no. It's amazing how difficult it can be to say no. Educators are often asked to volunteer, to take on additional duties, responsibilities, whether it's sponsoring a club, joining some kind of a committee, chaperoning an event, or participating in some other school function. We have a lot of things to do when it comes to our classrooms and beyond just the teaching of the content that we do. But sometimes we do have to, in fact, say no because it's the best choice. Focus on what's most important, look at the amount of time that you have, and then decide why you should or why you shouldn't participate or accept whatever it is. Um, if it's going to benefit students, those are the things that I'm more likely to say yes to. But saying no is tough, but it's more than reasonable to say no sometimes. We have to do what's best for ourselves so we can do what's best for our students. So these are just 10 of the ways I've come up with that I try to use to maintain balance. Uh, like I said, I'm a work in progress. I'm learning as I go. And there are some things I need to do a little bit better. But if we start each day with a focus on self-care, um, we're going to make changes and we're going to bring our best selves into our classrooms, our schools, and then back home to our families every single day. I thank you for listening and tune in next time with another topic that may or may not be related to self-care. Feel free to leave a thread in this podcast. I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Twitter, R-D-E-N-E 915. Thanks for listening.